The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. The vision of just being by yourself and being the, you know, the star MVP and, and getting all the glory, that doesn't really exist. I mean, you're really just part of a team and you, and you know you and you learn early on, no matter how good you are, uh, you'll never be successful if you're not part of this team and, and the team around you isn't also strong. Welcome back to the Next Big Idea Daily. I'm your host, Michael Kovnat, reporting for duty. This week, we're getting an education in life from a Navy captain. That captain goes by the name of Brett Crozier, call sign Chopper. And during his years rising through the ranks and deploying around the world, he learned a thing or two about leadership, teamwork, and relationships. Brett's career ended abruptly when his superiors accused him of mishandling a COVID outbreak on his ship. But as he explains in his new book, Surf When You Can, Lessons in Life, Loyalty, and Leadership from a Maverick Navy Captain, Brett doesn't really have any regrets. He's at peace with his actions because he knows they were driven by principles. See, when Brett first joined the Navy, he was inspired by the movie Top Gun. He wanted to be that solo heroic figure, that movie star single-handedly winning dogfights in the air. But it didn't take him long to learn that's not how things work in the Navy. And to be successful, you don't want to be a maverick. You want to be part of a team of workhorses. Pull like a Clydesdale. When I was the executive officer, or XO, the number two in charge of an aircraft carrier, I was fortunate to work closely with a senior chief who was the lead person in charge of the ship's damage control program. His responsibilities were many and included everything related to emergency services, fire prevention, firefighting, damage control, even things like chemical, biological, and radiological warfare defense. Senior had not only seen some stuff through his career, but he had risen through the ranks to the point where he was directly in charge of a team of 100 sailors and responsible for the firefighting training of all 5,000 sailors on board. He was an exceptionally quiet and matter-of-fact guy, so when he actually had something to say, my ears perked up, even when I wasn't sure if he was pulling my leg or not. Hey, XO, he said one day as we sat in Damage Control Central, the room on a carrier that's used to monitor the entire status of the ship, including things like flooding, fire, list control, and nuclear reactor status. How much weight do you think a Clydesdale can pull? I don't know, senior, I replied. 5,000 pounds? You're pretty close, sir, he said. It's somewhere between 2,000 and 8,000, but no more than 8,000 pounds, Max. Now, how much weight can a team of two Clydesdales pull? I wasn't sure what he was getting at, but I played along. I'm going to go with somewhere between 4,000 and 16,000 pounds, but 16,000 tops. My math degree quickly helping out. Wrong, he said. When they work together, two Clydesdales can pull 24,000 pounds. And if properly trained, that goes up to 32,000 pounds. The math doesn't work. Sure it does, sir, he said. And with that, he stood up and walked away, leaving me to chew on that little nugget he had shared with me. The senior chief never spoke with me about it again, but the essence of his message was a reminder of what I had learned on the ball field as a kid and continued to relearn, whether airborne or at sea, throughout my career. We are stronger when we work together. Whether you're in the military or not, you can accomplish a lot more as part of a team. So always strive to pull like a Clydesdale. Being part of a team doesn't diminish our capabilities, it enhances them. And as a leader, strive to assemble a group of people who understand their collective goal, the importance of what they're doing, 
and each person's value to the organization, and there's no limit to what that team can accomplish. This is another spin on the importance of relationships, I think, but it, but here you're really talking about the power of teamwork, that people working together are more than the sum of their parts, you know, that, that what you can do alone is magnified exponentially, really, by the collaboration with others. Do you have any specific examples from your career where that became clear to you? Yeah, sure. I think, you know, when I, like I said, initially, when I, when I joined the military, I, I had seen Top Gun. I had this vision of being a single, you know, fighter pilot, maybe with the, you know, two people in the airplane, but you're going to go out and save the world, as it were, by yourself. And as I got into, you know, more experience in naval aviation, whether that's flying helicopters, where you have two pilots and a crewman in the back, or even flying a single seat fighter like the F-18, you were really never by yourself, right? You can, mm-hmm. In fact, you were if you were by yourself, you were probably doing something wrong and you were probably mm-hmm. headed back to the ship because <laughs> you were no longer effective. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned in aviation, at least, the importance of being part of the team and, and you know, take your standard fighter mission, right? Your strike fighter mission, as we call them in the Navy. Um, you know, we think about the, the fighter at the end, you know, that's shooting down the bad guy or dropping the bomb on the critical target. Mm-hmm. The reality is there's not only the other probably 30 airplanes that are up there with that person, but you can back it up all the way back to the aircraft carrier where you have 5,000 making that happen. So you learn, I think, pretty early on that you're just, you know, you're a small piece of this team and, and you might get some of the glory and the chance to fly off the, you know, the end of an aircraft carrier, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't be there without the 5,000 people on that, on that aircraft carrier to make it happen. Uh, and then even airborne when you're in the fight, as we say, or if you, you know, you're headed into combat, you still have dozens of people around, whether it's radar planes or refueling planes, or your, you know, your wingman who's keeping an eye on you, or, or guys and gals on the ground that are, that really the whole reason you're there is to help protect them or help make them effective in the ground combat scenario. So, yeah, so the vision of just being by yourself and being the, you know, the star MVP and, and getting all the glory, that doesn't really exist. I mean, you're really yeah. just part of a team and you, and you know, you, and you learn early on, no matter how good you are, uh, you'll never be successful if you're not part of this team and, and the team around you isn't also strong. So so we train a lot together. We do, yeah. you know, and our, and our training missions can have some cases, hundreds of people involved in these training missions, even though the mission might only last an hour and a half. Um, but we learned early on the importance of that, which is why the, the reference to pull like a Clydesdale, you know, the idea being that two Clydesdales pulling are, are way more than the sum of those parts because of that mm-hmm. effectiveness when you work together. And that's certainly true in naval aviation. I learned that uh, over those 30 years. And you find this applies at home too, like in, in personal relationships? Well, yeah, certainly when you think, think about parenting, um, mm-hmm. you know, you have to figure out how to complement one with one another. We're going to have, everyone's going to have different styles and we're all raised differently. So, you know, what was intuitive to me, I thought at least on how to raise kids was probably different than my wife. So you have to figure out, yeah, what are your strengths and weaknesses? And there's areas where I know I'm strong, not strong as a parent, but there's areas that I like to focus on raising kids. And there's areas that my wife would have focused on. And we, you know, we compliment, I think each other, you don't want, what you don't want is someone just to do it exactly the way you do it. Um, that, you know, there's, that sounds great because you're aligned, but the reality is I think your your kids might miss out on that as an example because you want the diverse maybe look at how to do that. And when you do it well and you work together and you understand each other's strengths and weaknesses, then I think in our case, right, I like to think our kids got a better experience than they would have just, you know, the sum of us just together one by one. Thanks for listening. Remember, whatever kind of work you do, you're part of a team whether you realize it or not. 
And I am too. My team includes my producer, our audio editor, and of course, the bigger team at the Next Big Idea Club. They're the ones who select and ship out the best nonfiction books of the year, prepare reading guides, shoot video e-courses, and much more. If you want to see how good our team is, check us out at nextbigideaclub.com. And if you like what you see, sign up for a membership. You can use the promo code DAILY to get a special discount. And come back tomorrow when Chopper will talk to us about the importance of prioritizing. Or as he likes to say in that colorful Navy way, always focus on the alligator closest to the canoe. I'm Michael Kovnett. See you tomorrow.